Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with us today, we have my boy, you know him well. He is the host and creator of the Raw Sex Podcast. You can hear him and I on it every single Friday with Raw Sex. None other than Cousin Damo Dominique Marks here in the place to be. Joining us here for another review on The Vault. I want to thank all those listeners out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to support the show. Guys, we had a little bit of a hiatus, but we came back last week with a good review and we're going to give you another one right now. So thank you so much for everything that you do and for continuing to support the show. As always, make sure you're going to vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. You can go there and check out all of our past interviews, check out our guest profiles. Also, make sure that you are hitting the merchandise shop. We got T-shirts, hoodies, tumblers, coffee mugs, keychains, also iPhone cases, Anything you can think of, we have right there at vaultclassypod.com in the merch store, even buttons and also stickers. Yes. So we got everything that can fit in any type of budget. Make sure y'all go check it out, cop some merch and share it when you do. And then also make sure you're going to the buy me a coffee page to support the page monetarily with a very small donation. And every single one of those makes sure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. Once again, that's vaultclassypod.com, vaultclassypod.com. Dot com. As we always like to say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or NBTC. And Damo's here, so you know if he's here, it's got to be either a very important hip-hop album or it's got to be an R&B album. And I had to make sure I had to get my man's counsel on it. So today we're going to go back 30 years ago and we're going to go to the debut studio album of none other than Maryland's own Tony Braxton. The self-titled debut released on July 13th, 1993 by LaFace and Arista Records was recorded between May 1992 and also November of 92 to 93, early 1993. The studios that were recorded at, many different studios among them though, Lococo in Atlanta, Doppler in Atlanta, Boss Town as well in Atlanta, Encore, Summer Music Group, Newark Sound, and a central studio here in Bladensburg, Maryland. It's a runtime of 53 minutes and 18 seconds. With the producers on here, well, you know them well. Babyface and L.A. Reed, the main executive producers, Vassal Benford, Bowen MacArthur, Ernesto Phillips, Daryl Simmons, the R&B producer Daryl Simmons, not DMC, Tim and Ted, and... None other than Vince, Vincent Herbert himself. Yes, Vince produced a track on here and wrote a track as well. The singles for this album, five singles. The first, Another Sad Love Song, released in June of 1993. Breathe Again, released August 1993. Seven Whole Days, released October 1993. You Mean the World to Me, released in April of 1994. And I Belong to You slash How Many Ways, released in June of 1994. (laughs) <laughs> I see you hear you laughing, Damo. What's what was that? <laughs> I was just laughing at the titles and the songs, thinking about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something else, isn't it? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so Damo, here we are, man. 
our home girl Tony, her and her folks, and her and her and her sisters from Maryland. And this was, I would say, right after we first got exposure to her on the Boomerang soundtrack the year before with Love Should Have Brought You Home and Give You My All featuring mm-hmm. Babyface. So we kind of got some buzz from Tony before all of this. But Tony, as we all know, from Maryland originally, was a part of a group with her sisters, the Braxton sisters, in the late 80s, Tracy, Tawanda, Trina, and Tamar. They originally were signed to Arista Records and had a single released in 1990, but the song was not successful. But when they were searching for talent, L.A. and Babyface, they were attracted to the single and then recruited her to actually record a demo for the love should have brought you home that night, a song that they had written for Anita Baker for the soundtrack to boomerang. But Anita was pregnant at the time. She did not record the song, but suggested that Tony record it. They record the demo, then give it to the artist who actually is going to record it. So she was pregnant and said, you know what? I'm pregnant. I don't know if I'm going to record it this time, but you know, who should sing it? The girl who's on the demo. So damn, that's crazy. I never <laughs> yeah. knew that. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Now that you say it, that do sound like a Anita Baker show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and so then later on, she also recorded the Give You My Heart, a duet that she had with Babyface. And after all of that, she was signed to LaFace and became one of the first mainstay artists on LaFace Records for its run. And really became, I want to say, the franchise player alongside Usher, <laughs> to be quite honest. Mm. And then then started recording that solo album. And that solo album came out in 1993. There was a lot of build up towards it because we have heard so many things about her. She had this unique voice. You talked about it, Damo. The vocal stylings that she had, a lot of people gave her the comparisons to Anita Baker. And, uh, you know, she was a fresh face and also a fresh voice. And to see those performances always starting leading up to that actual album being released. One thing that I'll remember in particular was a live performance she did on the Apollo for another sad love song, how she rocked it there. So that was Tony's career leading up to all this. So now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So Damo, give us your first thoughts that you had upon hearing Tony's album for the first time this debut mainly because we were all exposed to the singles because of the radio during that time so give us your thoughts and reflections of this album hearing it back then and also then in the time since then what you think about it now that it's been 30 years i can tell you i can't really remember listening to the album back then mm-hmm. I'm, i know i remember all the singles because mm-hmm. all the singles are like classic singles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember all the singles. Like, oh, dang, this is on this album. But remembering, listening to the album, I can't really recall listening to the album back there. I'm sure it was probably played. Mm-hmm. And I probably didn't pay no mind. Of, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is a single on there. All right. mm-hmm. But, you know, you know the singles, whatever. The singles was fired. Yeah. <laughs> but now going back and listening to the album today, you know, because 93, what, 10, 11 years old? I mean, we were baby babies when mm-hmm. this show came out. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course, you know, I, I felt like you showed a short, you know, fresh face. Very face. You know, boy, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with Tony. might have to be on my list, so I got to get a, a, a getaway with. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is true. Yeah. yeah. 
Tony was it back then. Oh, yeah, Boy, definitely. Every time she hopped up on the box, yeah. I was in that joke, like, oh, Tony on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt, yeah. But then listening to the album today, I was like, I was like, man, this your album? I said, oh, yeah, I know all these things. I said, oh, it's a couple of little jokes on here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a good it's a good album. And then I went and looked. I said, oh, yeah, all three of her banging albums are all with the face. After that, it's just downhill. But we all know what happened. Mm-hmm. you know, later on yeah, or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it definitely was a good listen to. It wasn't that hard to listen to. You know, she had that great voice and then, you know, it's Tony. It's Tony, yeah. <laughs> nah, indeed, man, it is. And then that look, part of it was the fact that that short haircut that she made famous mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was like her signature look, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then later on, we would see she would then rock the long hair and then also look just as good. So then... Yeah. You know, but she had that look and that iconic debut album cover with the leather jacket halfway down the torso with the wife beater mm. on and the jeans. So popular that Beyonce actually remade it in honor of her a couple of years ago. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. that really was a, a signature and iconic look. But for me, this always brings me back to my last year elementary school because Tony was big on the radio back then. And you know that. I mean, shoot, you know, when we were kids, we were into sort of music, but the radio was sort of everything because we would listen to the radio everywhere. This is the thing, like, I try to tell a lot of these younger folks nowadays. And it's so funny because I feel like I'm on my old man right now, right? But we listened to the radio everywhere. We didn't just listen to the radio in the car, which that was one thing. You always had the radio on where you were in the car. That was it. But mm-hmm. we used to have pull the boom box out or the system out and listen to the radio when we were outside chilling, outside playing. We would listen to it inside of the house, in the basement, everywhere. It didn't matter where we were. We were always listening to the radio. There was always a sound system, some sort of radio out there to listen to it. And we always had it tuned to a couple of different stations, 93.9, 95.5. That one time it was also 1580, which was AM. Her singles were all over the radio. And because it was a local radio station and because she was from Maryland, that made it even like, I think, heightened the fact that people were rooting for her because she was somewhat local. And then not only that, mm-hmm. because she could sing, man. I mean, mm-hmm. she had that distinct voice and... Uh, it wasn't just the songs themselves. And then the, like her being produced, of course, by LA and Babyface was perfect for her because they knew how to produce the music and also to write the songs that really captured the essence of her voice. I feel like on all those singles that you hear, you really hear her being able to flex because that's their production and their, their guidance. And they were king for doing that. Well, in the 80s, all the way up into the 90s, Babyface and L.A. were keen in doing all that stuff for them, especially developing their artists. When they started LaFace, I mean, shoot, they artists came on there and they artists killed everything. You know what I mean? So I would have to say that listening to all of the singles and being reminded of them again reminds me of a time that it was just like, damn, R&B's really starting to enter into a new era. And she's part of the new acts is going to be a part of this. On one side of it, you have the the Mary J's, you have the groups like the SWVs and the Xscapes. You also have the Envogues who had made their entry a few years earlier Then here she comes. And this is just another act right there to throw into the mix. And, and it was just like, wow. One thing I do have to say what I remember about this album is that this album has a track that I've received. I got my first slow dance to, and that was breathed again <laughs> on my sixth grade, sixth grade graduation dance. I had my first slow dance on this, Joe. 
the breather. <laughs> So that's your whole special place yeah, in your heart. Yeah, like, man. <laughs> hey, man, but not only that, man, but it's just like, yo, it would be not unheard of to go through a whole day and listen to all these singles on the radio at one point. Yeah, in time, it really man. wasn't. You definitely would hear all of them all <laughs> you, day long. You, for real. You know, and like, even and the old why, ones. And that's exactly what. Yeah, that's exactly why I said, like, for real, I don't even remember hearing the album, but when you go listen to the album, it's about seven, eight singles off this joint that stayed on the radio. Yeah, yeah, and then, basically the whole album was on the radio for real. Yeah, and I don't blame them because they all smashes. Yeah, and and then not only that, but then you also get into a couple of the album tracks on here, and there's a couple of those that actually stand out. The ones that weren't on the radio, mm-hmm. like you said, this really was a great debut, and it was a great introduction to somebody who would go on to become, like, literally, literally become one of the biggest music stars in the latter part of the 1990s into the 2000s. And so this really was a great start. I mean, this album got her so many different awards. She won, you know, best new artist for the Grammys, won best female R&B vocal performance in 94 and 95, won a couple of AMAs, won a couple of Soul Train awards. So this really got her into the consciousness of everything. I mean, it made her a really, really big star in the urban market. Like I said, she was queen on 93 and on 95. And then eventually she would become very, very huge on the crossover charts as well. Highlights and lowlights. So Damo, you talked a little bit about it. Just go a little bit in depth more about your highlights from the album, including the singles as well. I mean, really going, I listened to the album about three times. She told me, you know, that we was doing this album. And it's really, it's really no low lights on the album. Mm-hmm. For real. Even though in those ones, that, like you just said, like the ones that we didn't even have the singles on the radio, like they probably could have been singles for real. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you listen to it, it gives you all the same feel. Like it is a, a definitely a cohesive album. They definitely, and I mean, it's Babyface and L.A. Reed. What did you expect? Yeah, exactly. And this, and this is, er, it's early then. It's early. You know, it's early. You know, Babyface feels strong with the pen. Yeah. But this is early when they was really trying to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And they was, with, with Tony, she jumped in right out of the gate with the statement. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like, you know, breathe again, stuff. Love should have bought you up. You know, they put, had to throw that on there. You know, she, you think about it, if you had her now, well, that love should have brought you home last night. You know how they do the, the uh, stream. Yeah. And they put that on the out. She probably would have had a, a diamond. Oh yeah, R&B album. One hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. You know, like how they stream shit, and then they all the, all the streams count towards the album sales. Yeah, yeah. she probably would have had a, a diamond album gel with it, with, it, with that gel. Yeah, it's a classic. And how single. many ways I belong? I belong to you. Yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, hold on. Yeah, the candlelight gel. I said, I said, yo, this album right here. Yeah, ain't too many women albums you can put on that might set the mood. Mm-hmm. This might be one of them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I was blown away because I had no idea that Vince produced how many ways. You know what I'm saying? Vince been at it with that family for quite some time, dog. Even before him and Tamar got together. You know, you said what? He's been at it, at it. He's been at it exactly. Man, man, yeah, I I'd have to agree with you, man. The singles on here are great, and just going into the as far as like my highlights are concerned, um, I told you about "Breathe Again," but the lyrically "Breathe Again" is like Babyface is like at his pen's best, bro. Like that hook mm-hmm. <laughs> literally makes you think that you can't, you cannot live without this person in your life. You know what I'm saying? If they leave your mm-hmm. life, like bro, that that is crazy. "Love Should Have Brought You Home" was great for the the soundtrack. 
But man, mm-hmm. when you take that and put that on this album, man, it just brings this album to another level. And then another sad love song was great because that was the introduction. I told you I saw her on the Apollo of like I think it was like er, like mid nineteen ninety three before the album came out. Cause you know back then when you had an album about to drop, the thing for you as an artist was to go perform it at the Apollo. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you had to kill the Apollo no matter what. And she killed it when performing at the Apollo. You mean the world to me? I mean that that's great, man. That's another. I think vocally actually one of her best performances on here. And then. You get a little bit of that ballad action with best friend and you hear that. And that's like, to me, her almost like in the same bag, she would be in on her sophomore album on secrets in regards to singing slow songs and love affair. And I belong to you. I mean, all songs that are really, really good songs. And for me, I don't have any low lights either. This to me, like you said, very even very well orchestrated, very cohesive album production wise, vocally things stood up. It was a nice blend between some slow tracks and also some up tempo ones. And also with LA and Babyface allowing to let other producers come in and work on it, like Tim and Ted, like Vince, like Bo and MacArthur, those type of people. And know that they need a little bit of variety of it as well because they could take over a whole album. We know the baby and babyface in LA ain't got no problem doing that. But because mm-hmm. They were also participants as well as sort of executives in this sense. They were willing to also play both sides to be like, okay, we're going to do this. Also, we're also going to also bring in other players to help give this album a little bit of depth. And I think that's what helped to give the album the depth that it needed. And because of that, you ended up with a lot of different singles on this 12 tracks out of the 12. You got like six of them that were singles. You know what I mean? That's half the album. You know what I'm saying? When you have an album that short, and half the album could be singles and be successful singles. Yeah, man, you, that's crazy. Well, half of them was successful singles, and then you had another three that you probably could have had singles. singles as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The the great thing that I love about what Babyface and LA do is that they did this as well with Bobby and Don't Be Cruel is that when they see the potential in somebody, they hook right into that potential. It's sort of like a quarterback knows that your receiver going to cook if they run post routes, so you give them post routes all day long. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what they did with this. They gave her songs they knew that she could cook on all day long. So that definitely have to give them props on that. Final verdict. So, Damo, what say you about Tony's debut album? Is this a classic? Is it an essential album? Is it dope? Is it good or just okay? Well, listen to everything we said. It's definitely a classic. I think like, I'm going to say 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. There really ain't no skips on the album for real when you go listen to it. Like, you know, and the fact that you can really have nine singles out of it. Well, we, they gave you six singles that were sh- classic singles for real. And then you can probably would have done three more singles. I don't know if those three singles would have been the classics like those six was. Mm-hmm. They picked the right singles, yeah. but those three could have been singles. Yeah. So that's a smash album right there. That's yeah. classic. It classic. is. It is. So it's a classic for me as well. Like we were doing the review I did last week for Maxwell for Embrya. I said that he had three classics straight out of the gate. And it seems like he gave you something different on every single one of those. With Tony, it was a lot of the same thing. You got three classics out of the gates from her, in my opinion. You had this joint, you had Secrets, and then you had The Heat, which came out in 2000. Like all albums that all gave you some heat and definitely gave you a different feel on every single one of them. And let's not only mention this, Damo, we said 12 tracks. We're not forgetting that the last track on there, Breathe Again, was basically just the song's hook over a different beat. 
That was it. Yeah. So we talking about tracks, eleven tracks, really, if we want to be technical about it. Yeah. So you talking about yeah. nine tracks, six tracks that were singles, and three more that could have been singles on eleven tracks, bro. That's crazy. Do the math. Do the math. That's classic right there. And mm-hmm. what folks also need to understand is this is nineteen ninety three. Talk about and think about who was big during 1993. You're talking about SWVs. You're talking about Escape coming out and getting ready to debut. Unvogue was still big in 1993. Janet. Janet was big in 1993. Tony, Tony, Tony was big in 1993. So it is a competitive R&B marketplace for you to come out of the gate with a debut album and Mr. All That Happened and to be able to kill it like this. Classic. That's classic material right there, man. When you cook amongst cooks, you the shit. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You the shit, man. So there, that's what we're talking about, y'all. Tony Braxton's debut album, 30 years old. Y'all make sure y'all go check it out. Hit us up on social media. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. Let's continue the conversation. What are your best memories of this album? What are your favorite songs? Hit us up. Let us know. We love to continue the conversation online and also on social media channels. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.